1: Look out, it's only films to be buried with. The Resurrection! Hello and welcome to Films to be Buried with The Resurrection. My name is Brett Goldstein. I'm a comedian, an actor, a writer, a director, an ice trucker, and I love films. As Prince once said... Every day I feel is a blessing from God, and I consider it a new beginning. Yeah, everything is beautiful. Have you ever seen Walkabout? Yeah, it's beautiful. It's a good film. Fair play, Prince. It is a good film. Nicholas Rogue again. Good man, Prince. Good taste. Every week, I invite a special guest over. I tell them they've died. Then I get them to discuss their life through the films that meant the most to them. But not this week. This week, I use my newly acquired shamanic powers to bring back a former guest from the dead and ask them 12 new questions. And this week, it's the brilliant Jen Brister's turn. Head over to the Patreon at patreon.com forward slash Brett Goldstein, where you'll get 15 minutes extra chat and three extra questions, a weird secret and the whole thing as an uncut video. All this and more over at patreon.com forward slash Brett Goldstein. Right, everyone, listen, there's a lot of news to get through. A bit of admin. I hope you'll all stick with this. There's a lot to talk about. we just got to get through it, okay? Firstly... If you haven't started watching yet, watch Ted Lasso on the Apple TV Plus app. The finale, written by Coach Beard himself, Brendan Hunt, is this week. Oh, it's got it all. You're going to absolutely love it. If you haven't started the show yet, you can start on Friday. Binge the lot in one go. Ten episodes. It's something else. Secondly... I will be doing a live episode of the podcast for the Unmute Festival online from the 24th of October. You can get tickets for that from the Unmute Festival website. You can watch all of that from the comfort of your own home with a live audience. Do you know what I mean? It'll be fun. And one more thing, this is for any Americans listening. The TV show that I co-created and co-wrote with William Bridges premieres Monday, October 5th on AMC. It's called Soulmate. the first episode stars Sarah Snook and Kingsley ben We've spent seven years making this show. I really hope you watch it, and I really hope you love it. So that was all the admin. We got through it, didn't we? It wasn't so bad. I mean, I appreciate it. You're probably not, you don't sort of tune into a podcast. Oh, I hope there's a lot of admin up front, but, you know, sometimes that's what happens. That's life, isn't it, in a way? But we're okay, aren't we? Anyway, here we go. Jen Brister. I mean, come off it. Jen Brister is one of the all-time great comics, one of my favourite people. It was a joy to record this over Zoom the other day. You're going to love it. She's funny, she's brilliant, she's amazing. She's a delight. Well, I mean, just, well, listen, you're about to hear it. You'll know what I mean. So that is it for now. I very much hope you enjoy episode 115 of Films To Be Buried With. And welcome to Films to Be Buried with The Resurrection. <laughs> I am joined today by a comedian, an actor, a writer, a podcaster, a presenter, a legend, a hero, a mother, a wife, to me, and apparently someone else, so she says, despite the fact I've seen very little evidence of it. Please welcome to the show, my friend and yours, the amazing, the brilliant, is Joe Brister. Ah, Brett,
0: I can't believe you've invited me back onto this. I feel, what a privilege, what a delight. I'm
1: excited. Well, there's no pressure on you, but your episode it, uh, was one of my favourites. And when people say, which episode should I listen to? I say Jane Brister. And now, uh, now they've got a lo- was, uh, another one, lucky, lucky people.
0: Well, that one was recorded in Edinburgh, 2018, where... You know where you're just running from one thing to the next and you're like, yeah. do you want to do this podcast? And I was like, yeah, yeah. And I'd very sketchily <laughs> prepared for it. And that's code for hadn't. And yeah. the very little notes that I had made, I didn't bring with me. I don't know if you remember. So every time you asked me a question, I went, ah, oh, can I ever Ooh. think about that? And you're like, mm, not really, because we're recording. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it was a very pausing episode. It made it very dramatic. People were very very like, dramatic. Very difficult pauses. to edit. Um, do you remember Edinburgh? Do you remember Edinburgh? Do you remember live? Do you
0: remember going out of the house. Remember those days? Good old days where you'd meet people in the flesh. Do you remember live?
1: Do you remember live?
0: Vaguely. Do you remember being in a room where you could stand next to people? Do you remember
1: other people? Do you remember? Do you remember the touch? Do you remember the sensation of touch? Do you remember shaking hands? Do you remember that? That was disgusting, wasn't it? That was at the very
0: of that now I mean I don't know what we were thinking back in the old days where we used we to were sick parents. and 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 do that air kissing thing
1: oh I mean gross. that was bad enough but some people used to follow through oh do
0: you remember was, yeah actually brush their lips against your flesh
1: oh, disgusting <laughs> um I did uh birthday girls podcast yesterday I highly recommend it and they Fun every times. every week they say your legend and dick of the week and I was like well it's either me or the person I live with, isn't it? <laughs> like, <laughs> that's it. I guess with you, you've got three to choose from. Um, three others.
0: I, my legends. My legends were my children, which was such a loser thing to, such a loser move yeah. on my part. But that was, yeah. I think my dick of the week was Prissy Patel.
1: Oh, that's fair. You thought you went. I going went. On.
0: I, I went. Yeah, she. She'd very much been in the. Not even on my periphery. She'd just very much been in my face for that day. So I, right. I, I launched her.
1: That's fair. I, sh- I probably should have done that then throwing my girlfriend under the bus. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't put your girlfriend's dick in the week, did you? <laughs> I didn't. I didn't. Uh, Jennifer Brister. Well, I guess we have to ask this, but your lockdown life, I imagine is vastly different from mine What with the fact that you have twin uh, boys. Yes. And, and no school. And that's yeah. no cool. And I, as I watched over your Instagram stories, i describe it like watching uh, the film Castaway sped up yeah, <laughs> and gaining traction of madness. And I loved it and I loved it. And I would like to put the whole thing to music. And I think it would be a work of art.
0: I think at one point I was just talking to inanimate objects and they became my friend. The whole of lockdown was so surreal. And I think the only way I managed to get through that was knowing that everybody else was suffering. If there had been some instance where it was like just Brighton is in lockdown and everybody else is fine, yeah. I would have literally just walked out. Yeah. Bye bye. Um, <laughs> it was yeah, it was it was hard. But I mean like, you know, it was hard for everybody, wasn't it? It was tricky for everyone for different reasons. Even if you know it was tricky for me because I didn't get any alone time. And it was tricky mm. for some people who were like, I would really like some company around now. Yeah. I am very tired of my own company my brother was literally on his own for six months nice. and bless him so um
1: what's he like now is he different is he strange
0: he's uh, an empty shell of a man um right. <laughs> no i think he's uh, he's he basically said to me um he's moving out of his flat to, he goes um i've got to get a two-bedroom flat he said i'll pay more i'll do anything just so i have another room to walk around <laughs> because he was working from home he was like i'm basically yeah. working living you know, watching television he said all in the same room and he said it was just like being in prison so he yeah he's moved he's literally moving house a flat mm. just so he can have because he's anticipating the next <laughs> lockdown so that when mm. he is going batshit he can do it in more than one room which I think fair play to you
1: I think that's uh, brilliant what I also like is that he didn't think I'll get two bedrooms and get another person in that bedroom so I have another no. human being he just wanted a, a bigger space to walk <laughs> just, around on his side
0: <laughs> he just wanted a bit more space
1: <laughs> yeah
0: he's a classic brister he doesn't do well in company so he's <laughs> it's better that he's
1: on his own. I respect that. How was being a teacher? I mean, are you, you, you know, tell me this, because when people tell me, genuinely, my answer, when people say, oh, stand up, it's so brave. And I always go, oh, shut up. People go, oh, I'd be so scared. I, that must be hard. I always think being a teacher in my head is like being a stand up for eight hours a day with a very heckly nightmarish crowd that you're trying to get to pay attention and you yeah. have to entertain them. Like, uh, how did you find as a stand-up being a teacher to two fellas? Five-year-olds.
0: I didn't take to it very well. <laughs> uh, I learned very quickly that my children don't respect me, which was quite shocking, <laughs> actually. Um, there were occasions where they would be distracted by a plastic cup, and they weren't. Mm. And I was singing and dancing and doing everything I could to distract them, and then they just look at plastic cup and go, "This, is, this is plastic cup is yellow, Mama." And I'm like, "I'm trying to teach you phonics, you know." Um, it was really hard. And there were days where I would I'd wake up in the morning and go, really, come on, Jen, today's the day that we, mm. we dead poets decided the shit out of this. They're going to oh, really yeah. connect with you. We're going to be having, they're going to be like, Mama, when you teach, we learn so much. Um, and every day was like, I want to do a bit. I'm hungry. I hate homeschool. When can I play? Can I watch some telly? I need a snack. Mama, will you hold my hand when I do a poo-poo? I need a wee. I'm going to be sick. And it was like, oh, God, I literally want to kill myself. But
1: um, it was lovely so, to be together and have that time as a family.
0: Really lovely. <laughs> um, look, jokes aside, there were. it was Honestly, truthfully, it was on one level. It was lovely because as a stand up comedian, I'm away a lot. And I was about to I was in the middle of my tour when the whole thing sort of uh, fell apart. And I was going to be away for like Mm. between February and May. That was that was all booked up. I was away for most of it. And if you go away a lot, your children, it's not that they don't love you, but they, you, they do sort of become slightly indifferent to you. You're like, you're there, you're not there. You're there they're kind of used to you going away. So they, mm. do, they know not to rely on you and they know not to sort of invest too much. And um,
1: okay.
0: so they, they were gradually heading towards, you know, that indifference. But um, the lockdown has meant that we are, you know, we're, I'm back in the room. Brett. Right, i'm back in the room as far as my kids are concerned
1: so now they rely on you and have uh, i mean this sounds, like <laughs> a, this, this sounds like a disastrous move
0: i know the great thing about being i mean you know for any couple where one of them goes out to work and then they come yeah. home and go i'm so tired and you don't understand how tired i am deep yeah. down they know
1: that they've got it
0: they've got it better they they, they know that for you sure. know so i would come back and go oh well i've been and i'm tired because i've been but deep down i knew Chloe was in the shit so i am i'm, I'm so, on the one hand i'm quite glad that i get i got to hang out with them but on the other hand it's reminded me that cha- that being with your children all the time is actual work and my job is a piece of piss compared to mm-hmm. <laughs> compared to what i've had to do for the last six months 100% <laughs> it's been, so hard so i'm really glad that they're at school and even if we go back into lockdown um i'm still dropping them off there so they'll just have to make they'll have to entertain
1: themselves somehow I don't know.
0: <laughs> just wait out there and i'll pick you up at three okay all right then bye here's
1: a, here's a plastic <laughs> cup enjoy
0: <laughs> enjoy this it distracted you last time um yeah so that's wow. what i'm going to be doing but look they're in school now and i do feel more human i do feel much more human yeah. Like I've got, like I've got a personality and a life again, and I, and and I'm an, I'm a real person because I started yes. to forget you, you who. You are I'm a
1: like. real, you are a real person. Is
0: that like a, do, I, do I look like a I real person? I can see you. Yeah.
1: Yeah, you sort of, you have the vague aura of a of a human.
0: Why does your head look smaller? and My head look bigger.
1: Because I'm a real human. <laughs> you are an avatar. <laughs> you are an approximation. <laughs> <laughs> of what you think a human would look like, and you're trying to pull it off. You do oh, it right. very well. Uh,
0: so I've failed at that quite dramatically. <laughs> no. I really got the perspective wrong. <laughs> My head is way too big, and yours is that yours is the perfect pinhead size.
1: My head is actually in real life massive, and I can't wear a hat. One of the reasons I worry about what? being a film director is because. I, 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 you know, you have to wear a cap and I'm not sure I could get one on.
0: You can on always outcomes. get it. You, you know, they've got those buttons at the back so that, you know, yeah. yeah have you ever tried to use
1: Yeah, but those? have you ever looked at <laughs> someone with one, you know, the last button done up? <laughs> do
0: you know, I've seen people and they just feel like, I can't even do the fucking thing up at the back. So it's just, and it's flapping free. Oh, and really? do you know what? Those guys embrace it. You know, the ones that have got like, mm. they've almost got like a rectangle, sort of like their back of the head has a right angle. And you and know rubs, when you eat like hot dog, and, and eat and hot like dog it, rolls on the yeah. on their back of their, not even on their neck, on their on actual the head. head. <laughs> I really appreciate a, mm. a man that's got head fat because I think you've got to work hard for that.
1: Have you've a, got to have really filled up the rest of you, the, the the head goes, all right, I'll take some.
0: I'll take some of that
1: for you. Yeah, and yeah.
0: usually they're like, "It's sometimes I'm like, it's not even that you're like fat. It's just that you're just.
1: I think it's a choice. I think it's, you have a word with yourself and go, let's put it in the end.
0: Uh, I think there are some guys, you know, when they go to the gym and they take steroids? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And you know, they're taking steroids and they're like, what part of your body do you really want to work on? And they go, I want to work on my pecs, I want to work on my shoulders. I want to work on my biceps, my triceps. Yeah, this is what I'm looking at. I think there are some men that go, you know that bit at the back of my head? I'd really love to get a little ab up there. (laughs) Some sort of muscle because you doing. can
1: have a three-pack on your head can't you, you
0: can you, you can so there, there, there are men going for a six-pack understandably mm. and there are some men going three-pack back at the head mate and you're like three fair play to head. you yeah
1: yeah i love that yeah um, you've made me here's, want to take steroids
0: here's a protein shake good luck <laughs> <laughs> just
1: inject a, that in your neck
0: <laughs> just inject that straight into your neck <laughs>
1: Uh, Jennifer Bristol, one more question I want to ask you before. I I want to ask if you've actually done, because I think you have. Have you done a human being gig?
0: I've done quite a few human being gigs. I've done human being gigs. I've done gigs in car parks. I've done Zoom gigs. I've done garden, rooftop. I've done them all. I haven't done an inside gig yet, but lots of outside gigs. Well,
1: so I, um, I didn't do a car park gig. I saw videos of the car park gig, and I would describe it as the bleakest looking thing I've ever seen it's
0: quite dystopian it's doing
1: quite, stand up yeah. to windscreens in the rain as well what I saw so just what I just saw someone what windscreen wipers, <laughs> shouting into a void of
0: <laughs> yeah I don't know if you've ever honking. tried to, yeah just a load of people in a full focus you're like this isn't this is bleak mate I don't want to do this and I did one gig where you weren't that was in a residential area so they weren't allowed to honk their horns I said, listen, mate, you want me to do a gig in front of a load of parked cars? Because that... for
1: anyone yeah, listening... With the like,
0: windows yeah, out. Yeah, for anyone listening going, well, I don't know what you're talking about. Basically, if you yeah. do a gig in a car park with people in their cars, the only way they can let you know if they're enjoying it, obviously, because they're in their car, is to honk their horn. And I was told that they weren't allowed to honk their horn. But they w- but instead, the promoter had given them these plastic clackers. Do you know these ones? What, the hands like little hands? Yeah, so they clack them together like clacker, clacker, clacker. She yeah. said, "So if they're enjoying the show, they'll wind down the window and they'll clacker, clacker, yeah. clacker." And I was like, "Oh my god, to kill me now!" And before I—no word of a lie—I don't know if you've heard these clacker things, mm. but before I got introduced on stage, if you can't see what's happening, it just sounds like this. It just sounds like two hundred men vigorously wanking in a car park, mm. and that was quite triggering for me actually as a lesbian. So I gen- genuinely—I don't want
1: to—I don't want to say this, but. There's sort of no way of proving that wasn't what was going on. <laughs> because they were in their car. <laughs> 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 Sorry. There's no way. I can't prove it. Brett, why would you say that to me? <laughs> because you've just told me a story of 200 men in a car park. I know. Pl- but that's because supposedly of the they all, Supposedly they all had clackers. <laughs> just doesn't,
0: oh just doesn't my add God, up. So grim. Anyway, <laughs> It looks like it doesn't really look like anything's going to change too much in the near future. Mm. So that that could be that could be the future of comedy—just us in mm. parts.
1: just just men wanking at us from cars. Oh. Jennifer Brister, you have been resurrected. Do 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 do. Oh, this is incredible because I did actually die. You died. Well, with all these films. Okay, I'm back to, to Earth, but. What point in your life would you like to come back to? Would you change anything? Oh my God! Regrets?
0: There's like a million regrets. Could I come back to the beginning of my stand-up career, just start it again? Because there's a lot of things I wouldn't do the same way. Oh my days! I would change a few things. Let me tell you.
1: Oh, I would cut out all the learning bit and just go straight to being (laughs) a massive
0: success. Oh God. (laughs) I would cut out at least ten years and go. Listen, you didn't need to do all of that shit. What were you doing there? Why were you doing sketch comedy? For fuck's sake, just stick oh, yeah. with the stand-up. What was your sketch show? What was your sketch? I, co- I was working with a friend of mine who is who is or certainly was. I don't. And she doesn't do it anymore. A brilliant writer, uh, actor, comedian, just gen, ge, just all round funny woman, Claire mm. Ward, and we did. And she was just genuinely better at me at the sketch than. <laughs> She was just better at me. Um, better at me? She was better like at that. me, I that,
1: was called Better that, At Me.
0: That was the name of our sketch group. Yeah. She was better than me, and I was always better at just doing stand-up and just chat and improvising and that sort of thing. That was my sort of thing. But Claire was really good at the actual sketch comedy and writing sketches and coming up with original ideas, and that was her thing. And, uh, yeah, so we did that for a few years, and I just was never very good at it, and I don't know why.
1: I, <laughs> what was it called?
0: Well, we, we were in a sketch group originally called The Loose Connection and then we just did stuff together as Jen and Claire and Jen, but we were oh. never really called Claire and Jen. What we'd do is we we were just Claire Ward and Jen Barista and we'd come on as two as two performers and then just do our sketches. Right. And we did we did take a show in two thousand and eight called Reception. But I would I, I mean not that I regret doing all of that, there's a lot of stuff, but I would have spent a lot more time focusing on my stand-up and a lot less time pretending to be,
1: I don't know, one. Here's the thing, though, Jen Brister, if you think it through, if you go back to, what year is this, 2008?
0: I would go back as far as 2004.
1: Okay, so it's 2004. You've come back. You're as good at stand-up as you are now, but you started. So you go into a new act competition. You're fucking, everyone's like, what the fuck is this? You smash it up. Basically, within a year, you've got your own BBC One uh, Saturday show. Uh, where you're like helping other stand-ups or whatever. And your life is very different. You're playing the O2 within four years. You're you're a big TV star. You probably uh, lose your way a bit um, ego-wise. Uh, you become some sort of psychopath. Probably <laughs> don't have, you don't have the kids you have because you've got no empathy. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Everything you're saying is probably true, actually. Yeah. Um, if I was to go back to two thousand and four, I would be happily go back to two thousand and four, being a shit comedian. But I probably would waste a lot less time with self doubt and imposter syndrome. I would try to get rid of all of that. That's what I would try to to, to get rid of, and and accelerate straight through to you can do this, Brista. Believe in yourselves. Uh, that took fifteen years, and I think that's too long. <laughs> <laughs> I quite like. Can I reduce? I'd like to just reduce that to half. Is that okay? I just 70, see people. Yeah. I, I see young people doing it in like, oh, oh I'm an open micer. Oh, in three years, I've got my own show on BBC. Blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, yeah. how did you do that? It just took me forever. Yeah, I really, took- I really resent my personality and my general. Just, uh, I just resent me. I wish I could have sorted all of that crap out sooner. Do you know what I mean?
1: I do know exactly what you mean. And um, not that I r- don't like your personality or... <laughs> so, yeah, I get it. Uh, what I mean is I relate. Totally. I totally relate, yeah.
0: And you see... You are yeah.
1: a you are Yeah, <laughs> this all adds up. <laughs>
0: this is making so much sense. was something about you that I just wasn't really yeah. connected. And then I was like, like, oh, it's your personality. It's, it's actually you. <laughs> uh,
1: no, I do totally get that. And I do think... I think the reason that newer acts are better... I hope, why the standards suddenly seem so much better, I think is because they've seen a lot more, because you see so much more comedy now. There's all the all the YouTubes, all the specials, all the everything. You have so There's much more, more women doing it,
0: yeah. There's a lot more women doing it, and if you started doing stand-up like I did, like, 18 years ago, there was, like, two or three women that you could go, oh, I want to be... Like to you and they were like unicorns. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, it just yeah. seemed so difficult to be able to get to that standard and get to where they were that it seemed impossible. But yeah, I think hopefully now, when if women want to do comedy, they can see that it's totally possible. I mean, it's a miserable life, but it is. Totally oh
1: yeah. absolutely yeah. not recommended. But if you have kids, it's a great excuse to get out of the house.
0: Yep, you can go that. on
1: tour. You can go far away.
0: Squeeze a couple of kids out first, and then mm-hmm. you've got a reason to leave
1: the house. Yeah love it um now jennifer brister when you were brought back to life which just happened but in 2004 the living they're fucking excited to see you particularly because you've just joined the open mic circuit and you're phenomenal uh, i am really good at it but yeah. they they want to ask about uh, films which you've had a lot of training because you've been in heaven where they're obsessed
0: oh right uh, and so they want to know about fi- films in the future as well as in the
1: past yeah, as well as in heaven it's a very yeah. filmy universe uh first question they ask, is what was the last film you saw, Jen Brister?
0: The last film I saw was not that long ago, it was a few weeks ago. It was The mm-hmm. Peanut Butter Falcon.
1: Love that film. Oh,
0: have you, you've seen of course, you've yeah. seen it. Why am I even asking you? I think you just go on every platform and hoover up any film that's ever been made. Of course, you do. Um, I love that film. It's great, I right? wasn't expecting to love it. Chloe chose it. I, I like quite a, a bleak outlook on that film. Right. So anything that looks like it might be upbeat, I'm like, mm. I don't think I want to watch that. <laughs> that that looks like it would cheer me up. I don't want yeah. that. No,
1: that's it very was, off-brand for you.
0: It's not. Yeah, exactly. It's it's very off-brand for me, and I loved it. And I've I've been recommending it to everybody. And 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 anyone listening to this, you mm. can watch it if you have Netflix. You can watch it on there. That's it, where oh, you yeah, can okay. find it. Is, is that is that not where you saw it? Where did you see
1: it? I think I saw it. I think i I paid for it from uh, like I rented it online. Oh. but I'm glad it, but this was when it first came out, so if it's now on Netflix, that's great it
0: is on Netflix, and the do you do you know the someone told me that there was a story behind it like the guys that created it Go on. that that wrote it wrote it it for the chap uh, the young chap that's in it um mm-hmm. who is Zach. Gottsagen, Gottsagen. Okay. I can't. I can't pronounce his name. Young, a young man with Down syndrome, mm. uh, a young actor with Down syndrome, and they wrote it for him because I think they'd all worked together or they'd all trained together, and he had been a child actor and he sort of went off the rails, started drinking and had a bit of a bit mm. of a terrible time, and they wanted to write something for him to get him back on track, and so they oh, wrote wow. they wrote the Peanut Butter Falcon for, for him as a vehicle for him which i thought was such a lovely story but the whole mm. the whole movie i loved and it's it is a, it is a bit shh, you know saccharine but not in a kind of mawkish i didn't find it to be you know diabetic inducing sweet i just thought it was i just, I just no. thought it was, they got the balance really really you know spot on this have you young
1: seen, have you seen queen and slim
0: i haven't so i'm going to listen Put it i'm, li- I'm going to note look i've got notebook and everything
1: yeah. Look, right, this, we're here for work, Jen. This isn't all a laugh. Sometimes you've got—I'm you, giving you. I've a got
0: taking notes. This
1: is yeah. it. Uh, Queen and Slim, which is very different in many ways, but as the same sort of. There's something about it that remind me of *Peanutbagger Falcon*, in that there's a kind of the way it's shot and the the kind of tone of it. Slightly, I don't know what the word is. Fable, like a fable. It's not quite real that's, life. That's consequences exactly. And,
0: yeah, it's not entirely naturalistic no it, it but yeah it's it's got a story to tell and it, it a fable is the perfect way of describing the peanut butter falcon because there are points in it like his super strength and the bit where he's being what's his what's the name of the actor that's in it shia, so, LaBeouf. Sh- Sh- shia Sh- labeouf yeah he's where he's it. he's brilliant in it <laughs> he's absolutely amazing in it where he's pulling him out of the water on the rope you yeah. know, there's bits in it where you're like, okay, you know, it stretches naturalism a little bit, but the actual story has a there's a morality, there's a mo- there's a moral to it, and mm. um, and that's why I really enjoyed it, I suppose. And the acting was great, and the connection between the actors, who I thought, was really sweet as well. The, between Shia LaBeouf and Zach, was lovely. It was really.
1: God, I'm glad we I'm glad we brought you back to life. That's a lovely answer. You're Bill Gem- Coleman, Jeff Brister. Who do you think should play you in the film of your life?
0: I think. And only because when this... I don't know if you guys... You guys, there's only you there. <laughs> I don't know if you remember this, Brett. The Whale Rider, of course you do. Yeah, the New, yeah, Zealand New Zealand film, Zealand. The Whale Rider. Well, the young girl that played Oscar, the Whale Oscar Rider...
1: nominee.
0: Oscar. Keisha Castle-Hughes. Mm-hmm. When that film came out, everyone went, oh, my God, if there was a film of your life, she would play you as a child. And I was like, well, okay. So I'm going to say Keisha Castle-Hughes because I cannot think of another actor... That could play.
1: Right, uh, so Keisha Castle Hughes would play, play me. Goes as... on the open mic circuit in <clears throat> 2004. <laughs> I love it. I love this film. I will watch this film. It's a fable.
0: There's <laughs> so many layers to this. So she would play me on the open mic circuit, definitely. Mm. And you'd see her gradual, very gradual, incremental, actual glacial rise <laughs> uh, to middle success. Um, it's a
1: story about not giving up. Never, it's, it's, ever. It's,
0: it's a story that there's no, you know, there's no happy ending, but there's a bit where you go, well, she didn't kill herself and she seems <laughs> like she's okay. Uh, yeah. She, yeah. She doesn't, she's not overeating anymore and she looks like she's back on track. Yeah, fine, yeah, fine. Yeah. She's dealt with a brow. Okay,
1: great. She looks... It's a powerful piece.
0: Yeah. I think that something, some, I think she would be great. I think she'd capture the... Because the, there's there's a lot of layers to vibe. this story. Yeah. And I think she'd pick up my vibe. Both of us are quite beige. Also, when I was in New Zealand many, many years ago, I kept being asked by Maori people if I was a, if I was Maori. So um, oh. they were asking me that all the time. I say and in Maury, the film,
1: that will be less less awkward that moment cause because. Because.
0: Like, yeah. She, yeah, I am actually. So, so hang on a second. Are you supposed to be half Spanish? Sure, whatever.
1: Um, it's a complex piece.
0: It's a complex piece. There's a Venn diagram there, and she's somewhere in the middle. There's Maori. There's spanish there's english there's there she is she's bang in the middle she can handle it and also you know you'd need somebody that could carry the weight of this heavy lesbian personality and i think she could do it perfectly
1: (laughs) do you have the personality of a heavy lesbian
0: i think so i think there's you know there's light lesbians (laughs) and there's heavy ones i I feel like my personality is definitely on the heavier side
1: on the heavy spectrum Uh,
0: yeah uh, i don't think enough is said about the light and heavy spectrum actually when it comes to personalities no. Where would you, where would you sit, sit yourself? I think you're quite in the middle. I think you give off light personality, but I think there's a dark side to you, Brett, which we haven't tapped into yet. Mm. Would you agree? I Sometimes there's a furrowed brow, and I think, what's going on under those eyebrows?
1: Yeah. Well, basically, as soon as the podcast ends, yeah. it all comes out. <laughs> But is this that... is why I have to keep the podcast to a certain length of time because I can only maintain this decor. <laughs> can only keep it together for yeah. this amount of time. Okay. Yeah. All right,
0: well, let's uh, what's the
1: this. film of your life called? Starring Keisha Castle-Hughes? Middle of the Road. Love it. Yeah. Uh, what is the most romantic film you've ever seen? I've never seen you look so panicked. <laughs> <laughs> I mean,
0: that, wasn't, that wasn't in my preparation. You just spoke <laughs> that on me look listen i'm very good at improv
1: it was okay really good yeah really good it makes sense the whole thing makes sense except that in the end you realize not middle you're heavy oh god yeah but that's about
0: weight that's the message not
1: weight personality heavy lesbian personality
0: yeah i mean i'm a heavy i'm a heavy heavyweight personality lesbian that that travels that's only traveled to the middle i don't know let's not break it down too much it was for the
1: too many spoilers. <laughs> Hello, my neighbour Maureen. What's this I hear about you getting a promotion at the office? Didn't you just get promoted last month? It's all thanks to Canva. I've been nailing every meeting with AI-powered Canva presentations. Isn't that Canva's AI slide generator, where you just describe your presentation in a few words, and Canva presentations will generate captivating slides in seconds? That's right. And to top it off, I use Magic Write, Canva's AI text generator, to perfect my points. Sounds brilliant, Maureen. No more copying and pasting from other programs? No more app switching? Can Canva Docs with Write generate any text you want for work? Yes. Sales proposals? Marketing plans? Yeah. Meeting agendas? Ratings of all 12 Muppet movies using the extensive point system that I developed at age 12? Anyone can save time with Canva's AI-powered tools. Generate your draft fast with Canva Docs at canva.com designed for work. Oh, thanks, my neighbor, Maureen. Yeah, thank you.
0: Taxes and fees not included. Offer valid through 4 24 while supplies last. Online only. Must purchase a Straight Talk extended Silver Unlimited plan to qualify. Limit of five phones per customer. Family plan discount with four lines all on the Silver Unlimited plan. Not combinable with auto-pay discount. Straight Talk utilizes the network with the most first place rankings and route metrics 1H 2023 5G reliability assessments of 125 metros. Results may vary. Not an endorsement.
1: What's the most romantic film you've ever seen, Jim I, I, I
0: think.
1: May I say something? I think you pretend not to be a romantic person. And I think you are.
0: I... I, I, I... I am a sucker for uh, a romantic film, but it has to be... It, it's. I think with romantic films, it's all about when you see it as well. So you can see it at a time where you're like, oh, this is just bullshit. Well, I'm not even into this. And then there's another time that you might see that exact same film and it just captures a moment in your life where you're feeling like either you really want to be in a relationship or you've just come out of one and you're feeling a bit vulnerable or whatever it is. And before Sunrise... Mm. Um, it's one of those films that I saw when I was, must have been quite young. It must have been in my 20s. And I saw it and I sort of wasn't expecting to love it as much as I did. And I think I watched it with my brother, Greg, and neither of us, certainly to each other, would be talking about romantic films. And we were always into action films and sci-fi films and stuff like that. And both of us just uh, fell in love with it, and then we've since watched the trilogy of 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 the movies and uh, and I know that every time each we've seen it, we haven't seen the other two together we've we've ended up talking about it as if you know like as if we know this couple <laughs> uh. and And I think that that's why I, and also I love that film also because if you watch the whole trilogy of films, you see because ordinarily that would be the end of their story,
1: yeah.
0: And you know you think, oh, how romantic! But it was that is inevitably when a couple get together, that's the beginning of your story. And I loved all of them. I loved all of the films, and I love and I love uh, Julie Delpy in particular. I think she's fantastic.
1: Yeah, I, um, I think that's great. The third film is quite incredible. It's so, so dark and like it's such a hardcore.
0: It's not. When you compare it to, is it, it's before sunset. Is the last one, isn't before it?
1: Before midnight is the
0: last. Oh, before one. midnight. Before sunset is the second one, and before yeah. midnight, that's it. Well, yeah, before midnight, <laughs> it's kind of the antithesis of the first one, really, in yeah. some ways.
1: But it's um, like, this is real. This is marriage. This is but this is term.
0: this is long term
1: relationships.
0: Carefree. Yeah, this is what it does to <laughs> to to you. You have to keep reinventing. You have to mm-hmm. accept in a long-term relationship, you have to accept that you are going to get bored of the person, that they're going to get bored of you, that you are going to have times where you stop finding them attractive. There are times that they very much find you unattractive and that you don't necessarily, you you might stop and think, oh, is this it?
1: Like is I this- say, you're a romantic. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> but I like that that film was like, it yeah. was kind of like, they got to that point where they were like, Oh Jesus Christ! Is 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 this it for me for the rest? Yeah. yeah, you know, and 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 also, I think a lot of Hollywood movies always try. They shy away from the reality of what relation, long term relationships are. And also, like if you stick around often, if you do work through all of that, then you come out the other end, and it and you're even stronger and better for it. But that first film, because it's the beginning, and the beginning is where all the romance is, and often or or that excitement that you can't ever recreate until you Mm. get into another relationship and i was single at the time and i just remember thinking it just looked a wonderful thing to be
1: in In your in your experience of of long-term life and all the things you just said uh do you think it it's just a cycle you feel those things and then it goes back (laughs) up again or is it just a steady decline (laughs)
0: Uh, i think you have to oh god like therapy, isn't it? I think you have to um be really proactive and motivated and you have to uh want it and you have to work at it and you have to and if you don't then it will end. And that's why I'm all for the things like couples therapy and you know because the thing that is the hardest part of keep to keep going in a relationship is communication because all those resentments start to build up and then you don't communicate them and then you can't see a way of getting past them and then that affects all that affects every part, aspect of your relationship. so I think anyone that's in a long term you know and I'm talking like fifteen years plus will know that you have to you have to really try you have to want it and I think um having kids makes you go, well, we can't just you know sack this shit off we need to talk about it Mm -hmm. so but equally sometimes you can't get past it and that's why there's a bazillion divorces isn't there
1: yeah
0: (laughs) i mean you know and equally i sometimes think relationships come to a a natural conclusion and um it doesn't mean that they failed it just means that they've they've come to an end and that's also what happens sometimes but that um trilogy is just so brilliant and i if if people haven't seen it i would highly recommend it
1: so jen
0: yes What is the
1: best film you ever saw that you never want to see again?
0: I think any sad film. I can't watch sad films more than once. So anything like
1: Schindler's List. So you like a bleak film, but not a sad film. Is there a difference for you?
0: Well, a bleak film is sort of dystopian, often kind of uh, futuristic uh, or horror, you know, or, you know, it's like some sort of dark sci-fi thing. Okay. Or, 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 you know, like The Walking Dead or something like that. Do right. you know what I mean? But something where it's there's a real story to it, particularly if it is if it is in any way connected to real life, like Schindler's List, that's a one-time thing for me. I don't need to see that again. I don't need to see, you know, 12 Years a Slave again. I don't need to see... <laughs> that's a one and done. That's a one and done, isn't it? I don't need to see... Bro- I don't even need to see Brokeback Mountain again. Mm. I don't. I. I remember seeing Brokeback Mountain. I loved it. I thought it was beautifully shot. I thought the acting was outstanding, and it completely killed me. Yeah. I was at the end of the film. I was broken. I was Brokeback Mountain broke me. You
1: were broke. Break, break
0: I was. I was broken backed mountained. Okay. <laughs> um. So. So yeah. I. I. I don't think I'll ever watch that film again. I've never seen Schindler's List again. So mm. yeah. Those.
1: I'd say that's fair. You don't want to put that on a a loop at at a party.
0: No, uh, (laughs) that's not the one. That's not the one that you have at your fortieth, is it? Hey, let's put (laughs) Um, and all of those uh, Manchester by the Sea. You don't need to see these Mm. films again. So I appreciate them at the time that I watch them. I think they're brilliant. I always think the acting is phenomenal. But uh, one time only. Thank you very much.
1: I think that totally makes sense. Uh may I say I think we, we didn't make enough of what an amazing answer you gave previously about romantic film and, and uh your life. I really appreciate it. Now, next question, Jennifer Brister.
0: <laughs> I love that this is the most seamless podcast. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? I love all the segues go they they sort of they go really well into one go. another. <laughs> so natural. And at no point is there any se- s <laughs> <laughs> <Do it> change. <laughs> Clutch isn't working. Um, uh
1: now this one I think is big for you.
0: Is it the I'm best crying.
1: action film you've ever seen? I know you've seen an oh, awful lot of action films. I love an
0: action film. Yeah. Um, God, I, I, my taste in films is basically a sixteen-year-old boy. That's I suppose I you. Can, when you say action, can I include like sci-fi films in it?
1: If they're actiony.
0: Okay. All right. Aliens.
1: That is definitely an action film.
0: Yeah. That that is brilliant probably, answer. That is probably the best. Action film in the world, aliens. It's a brilliant a- answer. A- aliens, not alien, but
1: aliens. She's not f- that- Listen, she's not fucking around with alien. All right.
0: I love so- alien. I love it. I love I love alien, but I love <laughs> da, 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 da. aliens. It's
1: great. I just film. thought,
0: in terms of action, it was Bill Paxton in that. Come on.
1: Come on. Come on. Come on, Bill. What are you what doing?
0: A, what an absolute doof. He was brilliant in it. Um, and Sigourney Weaver, obviously, is amazing in it. And it's terrifying. Mm-hmm. And there's, there's everything you want in an action film. There's the there's baddie, that guy from My Two Dads.
1: Oh, okay, yes.
0: My Two Dads is in it.
1: One of the My Two Dads.
0: One of the My Two Dads, not the one with the mullet, the other one. In fact, they both got mullets, but the one with the lesser did. mullet. It the was one with the lesser mullet. The shorter one.
1: The uh, Mad About You and My Two
0: So he's the baddie in it. He's great. You think he's he's quite benign, but then he turns out to be an absolute bastard. There's a ginger cat who doesn't like a cat. Mm -hmm. There's a little girl (gasps) that gets saved. Yeah. Yeah. Right?
1: Doesn't make it very far, though, does she? There's a little
0: Hispanic lesbian. Yeah. Who's maybe not a lesbian, but she needs to tell her haircut that. (laughs) Uh, There's (laughs) Bill Paxton. Mm -hmm. There's the other handsome chap whose name I never know who is in it as well. You know, yeah. the one, what's his name? There's loads of action in it, and also there's aliens in it, and they're awful, awful people.
1: And they mean? They're so, I know, I don't... That... Aren't they mean, the aliens?
0: Also, it's, mean? it's bad enough that you've got two mouths. I mean, that's greedy. Mm. But acid for blood? Come on.
1: That's so where's fun. all this slime coming from the whole time? It's the really...
0: whole time, slathering and... Have a fucking wash every i know and also it's like God's just dreadful table manners
1: yeah 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 that's the main thing i often think it's like what like you never towel off
0: no <laughs> but if they did because of all the slime you'd get all those little towel mm. balls wouldn't you It'd
1: be a very gritty towel after well, very, like. yeah it would be um jen brister of all the films if you had to and you could okay which film do you think you could have made and why
0: well, I used to think I mm. could make something as brilliant as Abigail's Party. Now, look, I couldn't. Good answer. I, I could think not. I you could. I believe in you. Um, Abigail's Party, I was obsessed with for quite a long time. I remember when I saw it, I thought, if I could make a film like this or a play, that was a, a, a brief obsession of mine, was trying to write something. And it, I ended up writing something that was basically Abigail's Party. <laughs> so you could make you know, it yeah I could i could make i could I could I could, I could I could make a really shit version of Mike Lee's and girls party that would probably be if I was going to write a film script that would be the closest thing I could imagine myself writing towards, yeah
1: I be, like believe it I've just remembered that I saw you in Trevor Locke's play in Edinburgh where you were the perfect oh place. the one
0: and the the one in the many, yeah, I, I don't know what I did, I played a few parts Jimbrister, <laughs> uh, yeah what
1: film. Have you pretended to like to impress people?
0: Le Quatre Sans Coup by Francois Truffaut.
1: Ah,
0: I studied very good. E wave uh, French cinema uh, at A level, so I had very to good. watch. I had to watch a lot of uh, Francois Truffaut's films, and Le Quatre Sans Coup was one of the films I had to write uh, like a five thousand word essay on. Dear God. And I didn't really, I think I watched it when I was like 16. And so I didn't really get it. I didn't really enjoy it. And then I remember like, I don't know, 15 years later being at some sort of boring dinner party or something and someone talking about Truffaut. And I stupidly went, and I can't really remember anything of it, you know, it's just 15 <laughs> years later. And they were like going, oh, I love New Wave French cinema. And I went, oh, I, was, I studied Truffaut. At, um, and then that was it. We went deep and I had nothing. I had a very superficial remembering of any of his movies and really struggled through that. And I had to pretend I loved Le Cat Son Coup when I remember watching it being bored out of my mind. So I think if I watched it now, I'd enjoy it a lot more, but I don't remember loving it. Do you think
1: they knew? Do you think you got away with it?
0: They didn't know. They didn't know, no. It was a very uncomfortable conversation, but I think they went away... Also I did that lot of things thing. I was like, what did you how did you feel about blah blah blah? Mm. You know, I did a lot of question asking. And very then that right that, tri- that triggered some memories, which meant I could blag it so I looked like I wasn't a complete <laughs> Philistine, which I
1: am. That's very good. Tim got- got-
0: Yes, yeah, sorry. Yeah, okay. go on,
1: what what
0: I was just wondering, is that do you have you ever got into any of that new wave? Uh
1: okay. yeah, yeah. But about do I like any of it? I mean I'm gonna. I think I'd be at that dinner party with you going, yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and then you're like, do you know what? I'll take it or leave it, mate. Yeah, um, like, <laughs> Have you, you seen
0: movie? Aliens?
1: <laughs> um, Jen Brister, what is a film that you've never seen that you think it's mad you've never seen it? Quadrophenia. That is mad. Jem Brister, what is the film you love that you don't <laughs> expect anyone else to like? The lord of the rings you've come the, to the right place
0: the lord of the rings it's just lord of the rings the lord of the rings you've, yeah lord of the rings you're
1: talking to the right person to because I you hate it let listen, listen i admire it and respect the time management that it must have taken to make it <laughs> it's a huge achievement It's hugely achieved it's huge i can't yeah. i can't criticize it all i can say is it's not for me
0: no. The story li- of
1: things walking along for 12 hours Literally, one thing in another thing.
0: <laughs> I don't know anyone that likes that film. Right. The amount of times I've said, I, I can't remember. There was a point in my life, I mean, I haven't watched it for many years now, but there was a point in my life where I would just get down and every year I had it on a box set, I'd go, I know what I'll do. I'll watch Lord of the Rings. I'd sit and watch all three films, like, like 12-hour marathon or whatever it is. Not that long, but, you know, ridiculous amount of time. And then I I let that out once. I let that cat out of the bag. I know to keep that cat well in the bag, by the way, now. And people looked at me like I'd literally, like, shat in my hand and thrown it in their face. They were like, what are you watching Lord of the Rings for? Are you 11? Why are you watching that? What, a load of hobbits with the... Oh, I'm a small person with furry feet. It's gone for a long walk. Oh, I'm a wizard. I'm an orc. Actually, it's really racist. Why are the orcs black? Have you even thought about that? Oh, check your privilege. And I'm like, do you know what? I hadn't really... Just thought it was like a fantasy. I just it was escapism, and I've really yeah. ruined it to me now. So um, I do appreciate it. it's not for everyone.
1: That's really, really good of you. And and you, the thing is, you're going to dinner party with people who like fucking Francois Truffaut. So
0: yeah, why would you bring up Lord of the Rings?
1: Yeah, it's just, that's not gonna. <laughs> then I mean,
0: keep that shit. To I'm yourself. glad
1: you like. It. Listen, I think it's a popular uh, uh, trilogy.
0: Well. We- the only just, other person I know that enjoys it is Kerry Godleyman's husband. And that's what we bond on, the fact that oh, we both that like makes him me love
1: him even more.
0: Yeah, he hates it. I mean, she hates it. Yeah. Don't,
1: tell,
0: don't tell Kerry. She won't enjoy it.
1: No. Well, it's, it is it is really boring. What is, the, uh, <laughs> <laughs> what is the film you would show a lover as a test to see if you should be together? Basically, right. what's a deal breaker? If they didn't like it, you're like, forget it.
0: Well, nothing, really, because...
1: Come on, grow up.
0: (laughs) I'm just established that I like Lord of the Rings, for God's sakes. If I have any deal-breakers, I'm going to be single till the day I die. Um, I suppose another Mike Lee film, it would be Life is Sweet.
1: Great.
0: I've watched that film, like, 20 times, and I never not like it. And even though now... Like the, I, when I first watched it, it had just come out, and it felt really like current and mm-hmm. modern. And, and you watch it now, and it's like sort of early nineties. It looks so like it looks like it was a million years ago. And I, I just, I just loved it. I thought it was so beautiful, and I loved the family in it. I thought it was, and, the, and I never not cry with the bit with Jane Horrocks and uh, Alison Steadman in the bedroom. I'm just welling up thinking about it. Okay. I love it. I just love that movie, Timothy Spall. Oh, just, well, no, but seriously, I did, I really enjoyed it and I, I would, I would highly recommend people to watch that, but it is really dated now.
1: And you would <laughs> break up with your, uh, with Chloe if she didn't like it?
0: I don't even know if she's seen it, actually. I've got oh, it, I have
1: high risk now.
0: Yeah, I had it on DVD, I did have it on DVD and I lent it to someone and I don't remember who I lent it to and I never, I never got it back, but... The acting in it, it's brilliant. And and also it's a story really where nothing actually happens. Very little happens in it. But it's the story of this family and their relationships. And it's a very young Claire Skinner and a very young Jane Horrocks in it. And actually Jim Broadbent and Alison Sedman are are reasonably young in it as well. Timothy Spall. Mm. It's brilliant. It's really good.
1: That's lovely. Uh, Jen, what is the film that made you the most uncomfortable?
0: Oh, I think... Oh, oh, yeah. OK, so the film that made me the most uncomfortable, I suppose, was I watched The Shining mm-hmm. when I was probably, I don't know, 13 or 14 with a friend, and I was terrified the whole way through the film, more because I, was, I think it was the first sort of horror film that I'd ever seen,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and I didn't want to admit to my friend that I was absolutely shit in the bed the entire way because she, and I think she probably was as well, but she was like, you know, there was nothing, there was literally zero expression on her face. Whereas I was like, felt like I was going to die of a heart attack the whole way through. And that was the most uncomfortable viewing because not only was I genuinely terrified, I wasn't allowed to signal any terror, you know, show yeah, no weakness. Yeah. And I, I, after watching it, I remember thinking, well, maybe if I watched it again, I would be less scared, and i watched watch it again <laughs> I was just scared. <laughs> but there was a couple of scenes that stayed out in my mind. Uh, obviously, the red rum and him writing all work and no play makes mm. check a dull boy, and the scene with the decomposing woman in the, the bathtub. woman in the
1: bath is very uh, th- those,
0: those All of those images, yeah. and, and the twins, the flashing, those girls. All well, all yeah, those you've inter-
1: got twins. Has that affected you?
0: <laughs> well mine aren't, aren't identical uh yeah. so also get them to stand still next to each other for any amount of time forget <laughs> it <laughs> um or quiet but those images sort of stayed with me for decades and ultimately The Shining nothing it's it's a it's probably a classic horror film because it is it's all everything's happening in your brain everything is it's uh it's all the suspense and the horror that is happening is what is in your imagination rather than like some sort of porn gore, you know, like you get with Saw
1: or... Yeah, wow. I hate the old porn gore. Those,
0: do, you know, do you know what I mean? I, I'm not into that.
1: I don't... Like, I'll, I'll be like, call me old-fashioned, but I don't like gore with my porn. I like it <laughs> just <laughs> gore-free. I know, I'm a square. I'm a square. I'm
0: <laughs> listen, Brett, I'm with you. If I'm going to watch gore, I don't want porn with it. That's, that's I'd it. agree
1: with that as well. That's yeah. fair.
0: I just want the gore. to Take the porn out, thanks.
1: Yeah. Everything in its place. <laughs> yeah.
0: Look, people say, listen, Jen, your trouble is you compartmentalise too much. And I'm no. like, I think on this case, it's. I think
1: it's a when it comes to porn and, gore, porn and gore, poor gore. <laughs> Separate boxes, please. Separate boxes. Oh, there's some lovely looking gore over there. <laughs> Put yes. that
0: away. Yeah. Oh, some lovely oh, looking porn. Some lovely looking porn there. Great. <laughs> I know which one I'm going to
1: tackle first. Sorry, did we see that porn, it was very lovely looking, actually. was <laughs> oh, some lovely looking porn. Thank you, the internet. Um, if you could show a child only one film, what would it be?
0: Well, I'd show them any number of films, but The Muppets and probably The Muppet Christmas Carol.
1: Jennifer, um, now, one.
0: Um, basically, The Muppet Christmas Carol. I remember I bought it for the kids uh, last Christmas, and I put the I put it on, and I said, "Kids, this is a film that I used to watch when I was little, and I loved it." And then I realised it was made in 1992, and I was 17, so I thought, well, "Hang on a second, um, yeah, you weren't little when you used to watch that; and you were." heading towards being an adult, you mm. complete freak. So that just says a lot about me, that I watched that at 17 and loved it. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I, I I stand by the Muppets for it, for everything. I think they're fantastic.
1: Jim Brister, here's a twist for you. Watch my screen. I pretend, oh, we're doing a film because I'm so vertigo. Dink.
0: Oh, you've got the Muppets on your wall. I w- where did you get that from? I want that.
1: I want it. I, I <laughs> My want it. I Oh, no.
0: it. oh so you, do, you did enjoy Lord of the Rings, did uh, right? I want
1: the posters. <laughs> 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 Give them to me. <laughs> uh, look, I talk about it far too much, so I'm not going to, but let's keep it brief. Just so you know, I genuinely believe that The Muppet Christmas Carol is probably the greatest film ever made.
0: Oh my God, Brett, this is why you're my husband. Yeah. This is how, this is what our relationship is built on, is our love of the Muppets.
1: Yeah, I watch it at least once a year. I've, I've, you know, I've seen it a lot. I've seen it, I've studied it. I've seen it, I'd say 30 times minimum. And it's fucking, every aspect, directing, writing, acting, all the Muppets are incredible in it. Michael Caine's best performance he ever gave. Yeah. I and think, the story, Christmas carol is the greatest yeah, story ever told.
0: I was, that's what I was going to say. I don't think you can you can beat that for a, a Christmas uh, parable, can you? That is like that is the best possible story for Christmas. And um, I showed it to my kids, and fifteen minutes in, they were bored and walked off. But this year, I think they're they're going to they're they're going to tap into it. Really, you know, enjoy.
1: when I asked you about the sort of deal breaker with a lover, if I showed my kids, if I had kids. And I showed them up at Christopher Carroll and they got bored. That would be a deal breaker for me and I'd put them up for adoption.
0: You might have to do that. So what I would say is wait yeah. until then they have the um, concentration to sit in front of a TV for longer okay. than seven minutes. Yeah.
1: What, what age am I looking at?
0: Depends on the child. But with right. my kids, maybe 11. <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay. Okay. Thank you for that tip. Yeah. You're welcome. Or... No, I've so said anyway. I just think listen, people are bored of me talking about Mother Christmas Carol. But I've got a lot more to say. Anyway.
0: Well, th- we can take this offline.
1: Yeah. Let's because, do this. Yeah? Jen Brister, right. God, I've loved hanging out with you and I want to do longer, but I uh, we can't because you have you've got to go and pick up the kids from they've just been you've left them at a school gate where there's no school line and,
0: Well they've got a plastic cup, Brett, we've already established that. Yeah. why I keep going on about it?
1: Okay, that's true. Now I've brought you back to life, and I haven't decided. I think I'm going to let you live oh, at least a while longer. Thank you. But just in case something oh. were to happen, there's a lawyer here who'd like to know what, if you could have one DVD to leave to your loved ones in your will, what would it be?
0: It would have to be... <sighs> Muppet's Christmas Carol. It have to be. I don't understand how I could go oh, in the I might kill
1: you again just so that... Your loved ones get that, get that, yeah, get that film. It, well, yeah. I, think about, I think about it, I'm going to leave you to live for just for now.
0: Okay. Um, That's a relief, actually, because I don't know if you've noticed, but I've just hit the middle of the road and I don't want to, <laughs> I don't want to go back down again. That would be
1: Yeah, okay. yeah, exactly. And a we peach, need, uh, basically. Keisha Castle-Hughes is, needs to f- shadow you a bit longer to get um, you
0: Exactly. Get the road. Yeah, yeah. So had, she'd be very disappointed if I was to die.
1: This is a big break for her. Jennifer Bistet. Is there anything people should look out for? Is there any car parks they should be driving to? Is there anything you would like to plug?
0: I have my book, uh, The Other Mother. Please read my book. It's available at all good bookshops. I, I have a special uh, on uh, Soho On Demand and Next Up called Meaningless. And Brett, is it okay? Can I plug my podcast? Is that absolutely Oh, of course
1: I'm... you can, and you should.
0: That um, I have a podcast, which I do with Alison June Smith, and more and younger, called uh, WTB, which is an acronym for Women Talking Bollocks, which you can pick <laughs> up at any, uh, wherever you get your podcasts. It's, so it's an Acast podcast, a bit like Brett's, and you can pick it up, pick it, pick her out, pick it. You can, <laughs> you don't pick podcasts up, do you? You listen to them, but uh, you know what I'm talking about.
1: If you put down your phone, you could pick it up and listen That's to your right. podcast.
0: If you put down your phone and it's on your phone, then you could pick it up. I pick up
1: a thing. podcast. Um, Joe Brister can I say it I love you
0: I love you too that's why
1: we married thank you for doing this again you've been an absolute dreamboat Brett
0: it's been a bloody pleasure this is the only time I've ever been invited back onto a podcast this may be the only time I'll ever be invited back on and it's been an absolute
1: blinking treat let's just say there might be a trilogy (laughs) Uh, have a wonderful uh, life I will we'll, we'll stop the recording now. Goodbye. Bye-bye. So that was episode 115. Head over to patreon.com forward slash Brett Goldstein for the extra 15 minutes of chat, secrets and video with Jen. Go to Apple Podcasts, give us a five-star rating and write about the film that means the most to you and why. I do read them. They're often very moving. Sometimes they're funny. A few of them have made me cry. I really appreciate it. Reminder of all the admin. Watch Ted Lasso on Apple TV. Watch Soulmates on AMC. Get your tickets to the Unmute Podcast Festival. Blah, blah, blah. Thank you so much to Jen for doing the show. Thanks to Scroobius Pip and the Distraction Pieces Network. Thanks to Buddy Peace for producing it. Thanks to ACAST for hosting it. Thanks to Adam Richardson for the graphics. Lisa them for the photography. Come join me next week for another brilliant guest. And that is about all of it. So that is it for now. In the meantime, have a lovely week. And please... Now more than ever, be excellent to each other.